You're listening to the Derms and Conditions Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited today about this episode of Derms and Conditions because I have with me a extremely talented lady as a dermatologist and in many other ways, and, and you'll learn more about that. It's Dr. Sandra Lee. Uh, Sandra is a dermatologist. She focuses her energy in dermatology on surgery and, and surgical dermatology and cosmetic dermatology and practices in Upland, California. And you'll also recognize that I'm talking to Dr. Pimple Popper. So that's another part of her career that developed uh, later on down the line in dermatology that we'll talk about. But we'll also be talking about beyond pimple popping. So we'll get started. And welcome, Sandra. It's great to hear you today. Thank you for inviting me. Um, you know, I feel very, very lucky to know you. And, um, you know, you've really, I think we, we've known each other in a shorter period compared to our careers, you know, and I feel really lucky that you've, that you've welcomed me into your fold and um, you don't give me too hard of, hard of a time. <laughs> no, I don't give you too hard of a time. You're part of La Familia. Let's put uh, it that I way. I like part that. Of- okay. Well, we have we have something in common. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and and you hail to some degree from Brooklyn, New York. Can you tell us about that? Your father was a dermatologist, correct, in in Brooklyn area, New York area. Yes, my father um, did his training downstate, right? UC. I'm sorry, not UC, um, SUNY Brooklyn, and I was born in Queens. Uh, and I think we lived in Queens and Staten Island for about five years or so, but I would consider myself a California girl because I grew up really predominantly in Southern California in the LA area. Um, but yes, I've got my roots out there for sure. And um, my husband, who is also a dermatologist, he is from New York. So he, so I've got a lot of New York around me and in my blood. So we have a, we have some of that connection. So even though you slipped and said UC because you were thinking University California system, it, he was it was SUNY at Downstate and where Dr. Shalita was. Right, they actually knew each other. I think he, I think Shalita's younger than my my father, and also he knew Dr. Ackerman and a lot of the people, the you know the 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 really well known, very well respected dermatologists that have you know made a big difference in dermatology. Well, you're making a big difference in dermatology also, and and we'll talk more about that. But, you know, when you started out, you didn't go into dermatology thinking, one day I want to become Dr. Pimple Popper, right? You were were motivated in dermatology. You built a successful practice with Jeff, your husband, um, who I've met, extremely nice guy. Um, as you know. And so you're practicing dermatology and all of a sudden this comes along. And not only is it through the social media and the internet becomes a very popular television show, which is still running. So I would imagine that as you started to do that, you know, this is suddenly happening. This is not something you had any formal background in or training all of a sudden. How did you make it work for you? I mean, you're suddenly going to be on television, whether people guiding you or how did you step back and say, I want to do this right. I want to do it in a way that it presents dermatology in a positive light. Right. I wasn't something that I <clears throat> I really planned out, certainly. And I think that the whole what it all really comes down to is the fact that it happened in a pretty perfect 
time in my life or my career uh it happened like where we where we kind of joke that we peak right like 10 years into into practice where we're still abreast on the more current new treatment options and you know we we have had the experience under our belt and i really think that that was key to this and um I was just also lucky being of the age where I was sort of bridging this line of being into social media and not being completely foreign to me and maybe also mature enough to understand that you can't post naked pictures of yourself or post yourself, you know, you know, you have to maintain a professional uh, appearance there. And so it was really when this all sort of happened, what happened initially is that I posted I, I opened, a, I started an Instagram page and I started to post some of the things that happened in my office and tried to show a little bit about what I love about my practice and what I love about dermatology. And then it just happened to be that I posted a blackhead extraction early on and I noticed that there was an increase in attention. People were tagging their friends. They were saying either that was amazing or they're saying that was disgusting, but either way they tagged their friends. And I saw that there was something there. And so I thought that was really strange and crazy and I did it again. I posted another video and it happened again. And just really from there, I just decided to see what this would do. And um, that's when it grew and it went crazy at that point. And it was really exciting and really fun for me. Um, But I also recognize that there are certain um, rules that I sort of have to abide by in my mind as a dermatologist and as a professional. The most important thing is to respect my patients and to make sure I maintain their privacy and, you know, not make a make fun of them and because you know a lot of dermatology has so much to do with the emotional side of it as well as the physical side of of helping them with their conditions so you set you set those standards within your own mind right right? because because once you're getting involved with tv people they may be asking you to do some things you know not like you said posting naked you know obviously Um, or doing things you don't feel comfortable with that would certainly that would ruin my career if I did that. Forget about that. But no, you know, you know. But they're gonna. They may ask you to do some things that maybe wouldn't look so great as a dermatologist doing in terms of how you're when you're doing a procedure that you want to do it in a way that's true to dermatology, not suddenly right. something that would be totally out of step with with what you would actually do in the office. So you right. set that standard for yourself, correct? Yes, and I think I felt. I guess I was lucky in the sense that this was my own thing. This was not a TV show related thing. So I didn't have the pressures there and I had a lot of control over it, right? I could choose what I show. I decided very early on not to, you know, certainly to protect people's names, to protect their faces. I would really zoom in on things so that you couldn't, you know, realize who that person was. You couldn't really identify them, didn't show their whole face. And if they spoke about maybe a a daughter or a kid in school or or the city that they live in, I really made sure that I kept that private, you know? And, uh, And I think that that was really, I think there were some things when I look back that I'm really happy that I did. And those are parts of the things that I did. And I could see that I could get swayed potentially at if I was just out of residency, you know, or you're younger or you're eager or you're really trying to pursue that fame sort of thing. I, um, I think there's a lot of things that um, can influence you in maybe 
ways that I think could make it not turn out as well. So, um, you know, I, I think I get lucky in, in that way. And yeah, my life has changed in terms of it, what I do at, in my practice. Uh, I think the other thing that really helped me to have this happen was that I had a lot of experience in my belt and I'm more of a surgical dermatologist. So really the pimple popping became large, you know, cyst removals or lipoma removals or other things that sort of popped out of the skin. And those seem to get the most attention from people and the most interest from them. And that allowed um, really me as a on social media to grow more quickly, because when you get something that incites a strong opinion in people, whether it's good or bad, that actually allows that information to you know spread faster right so you so now you've you've gained momentum you know a lot of people are watching a lot of people are are are, are seeing what you're doing you know within our profession you're going to have people that are thinking hey this is this is pretty cool i wish i could do this but they're not they're not jealous they're not naysayers but i am certain that you're going to have some naysayers they're going to have people thinking you know this is this is degrading to dermatology or you know they don't like it some of them it's because they're jealous but some of them it's because of an attitude that they have did any of these people challenge you and say things to you and if so how did you how did you handle that aspect of it uh, I think that is also maybe now looking back that is part of what actually helped me to make this such a good thing too because I was aware you know that I made this name up kind of by accident Dr. Pibble Popper that that can be sort of a mockery of considered a mockery of dermatology too and I can see, I could imagine that from the outside, there could be dermatologists who never seen my videos, never heard, you know, heard of this at all. And they could think that is ridiculous. This is like, this is dumb. And what is she doing? And, you know, I mean, she shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. But I also knew that if they would just give me a chance and watch one of my videos, that they would realize that it's not making fun of dermatology, that where I'm actually showing the how how varied and how complicated and how interesting dermatology is and that we are so much more that than pimple poppers. I think actually interestingly, early on, I had naysayers, you know, there's like a I became, I joined a Facebook group that is a lot of dermatologists, right? That they all talk and it's a private group. So we all can kind of discuss cases and things like that. And I think I was initially brought on there. I mean, I was always a little scared of telling dermatologists. I mean, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to get in their face or certainly I was concerned about what their opinion would be about this. Um, and what happened is, I think it was Dr. Dorstay, you know her very well. She's, she's a wonderful, very well-respected, very well-known dermatologist. She invited me to that group and she said, you know, I've watched, this is actually, I didn't know her very well at that point. She reached out to me and she said, you know, I've seen your videos and you're, you're actually doing great things for dermatology. You're not making fun of us. And I think from out the outside, some people might think that without the knowledge of watching the videos. And I saw that too, even on this group of people commenting and that certainly made me very nervous, but I am the biggest compliment I could ever have. And it means so much to me is that I do see now that dermatologists in general, they really get what I'm doing and they understand it. And 
I think ho hopefully they're proud that that we're all in this group together. I, I think that this has actually helped to elevate dermatology or really, you know, made us people understand what we do. Who said this to me just the other day? I have I had other dermatologists tell me that their mom came up to them and said, oh, is this actually what you do in dermatology? I didn't realize, I didn't realize what you did as a dermatologist. And so I think that we are, why well, I'm actually helping to showcase, you know, the complicated conditions that we treat or the complicating things that we do. Uh, it shows the perspective of the depth and and especially some of the involvement and you showing a lot of surgical procedures. I remember one one way you went in and you explained Mohs surgery and the steps of Mohs surgery. So it's, it's you know, Dr. Pimple Popper is the name of it. It, it grabs people's attention and it certainly grabs, grabs the public, but it's a lot more than than just pimple popping, which I, I think is really an important side to it, which I, is one of the things I want to get to with you. You you have a lot of experience in dermatology, dermatologic surgery, uh, skin cancer, Mohs micrographic surgery, pretty big excisions and procedures that involve dermatologic surgery, and certainly very aware of aspects of general dermatology. I know I know Jeff does a lot of that. I'm sure you discuss a lot of cases, your husband Jeff Rebish. Um so let's let's move to that side of it. Let's go beyond pimple popping and let's turn the other side of the coin and talk to you about some of the you you're pretty aware of what's going on in dermatology and you're very aware of the things that you're showing. What are some aspects and we can focus on dermatologic surgery that you utilize and that you've learned that you feel dermatologists really need to be paying more attention to, need to integrate into their practice and utilize because they've been so helpful to you in actually treating and caring for the patients outside of, away from the television show, but in your in your day-to-day -day practice. Right, and I've spoken to you about this before privately. I think this is actually very important and the things that I've learned as Dr. Pimple Popper over the last six years or so. Um, you know, there are certain parts of medicine that we sort of own in the sense that we do things in a different way than a lot of other surgeons do. We do a lot of things under light, local anesthesia. People are awake and alert during it. And we also um, really kind of pioneered with Dr. Jeff Klein, you know, the tumescent technique of liposuction. I was really lucky to do a fellowship with Dr. Fitzpatrick in San Diego, where I learned to do liposuction amongst other other cosmetic surgical procedures. And that certainly was very important in my comfort level in doing the things that I do as Dr. Pimple Popper, especially on TV, since that's where I really get a lot of the more complicated, pretty extravagant, um, big cases. And, um, it is really, on one hand, it has really opened my eyes to this sort of, it's almost like it's this niche that I've developed, but it, it, it is this, it is this black hole sort of in medicine that there are cases where people have very large growths that they can't get removed because it's super expensive. They have to, they, the only people that are going to do it are willing, they have to put them under general anesthesia. And uh, it's very expensive that way and they can't afford it. They don't, insurance won't pay for it because it's considered cosmetic, even though it's physically deforming. And, you know, so at some, for many of them, they can't even leave their house or, you know, see anybody and 
you know, see any strangers because it's just something that is extremely uh, disfiguring. So I realized that this is something that I can, a service that I can kind of provide for people. And it is, it, it may look really crazy or really um, complicated, but it is a really a technique or a procedure that we own. I mean, we understand it. We are able, we feel most comfortable in this area. And where I probably get more pushback is from other surgeons or other specialties who think, how can you do that under general? How can you do that under local anesthesia? That's not safe. In the office. Right. In, how do you do And you're doing it in your, right. in your in my ambulatory office, dermatology procedure. office. But yeah. in fact, it is safer. It is more, it's a, a quicker recovery time. You have less risk of complications. And so it is, Tumescent technique is something that I really think we need to own and should actually be a sort of requirement for people to get experience and understand as residents. I don't think that we, we don't get that at this point, you know. Um, so I, I actually took Jeff Klein's course very, very many years ago. I ended up not, not doing liposuction in my practice. I actually went with a, with a colleague that really wanted to. And I said, you know, I'll take the course with you. And he, uh, he moved on. And, but, you know, we think about this tumescent anesthesia. And when you said it, you even coupled it with the word liposuction. And I don't know that a lot of people in dermatology think about it for things other than liposuction. So how do they, how do they integrate it into the practice? How do they learn it? How does someone learn how to do this tumescent anesthesia? Well, it, it is not difficult. I mean, it doesn't require... It's like a much smaller, very focused area of prepping the body to uh, to anesthetize it locally. So uh, much, much smaller than liposuction in general. Like tumescent lipo that we do, a lot of people are maybe turned off because it's very time consuming. It takes longer to do that. It's a lot of hard work. It's cosmetic. Um, so um, there are dermatologists that learn this and are, are excellent at it, but it's probably not one of the more popular sort of uh, uh, skills to have. But tumescent technique of numbing the body is an important technique for everybody to learn. And the reason is, is what it is essentially is using a dilute, you know, we all, we know this certainly, a dilute formula of numbing mixed more with normal saline so that uh, we don't have the risk of lidocaine toxicity when we numb a large area of the body. But the advantages to it is that it's very quick. When you numb up the body, you're really flushing the subcutaneous space with this fluid. And it's creating a cushion, actually. It's protecting, it's separating this lipoma from deeper tissue, like uh, muscles and bone and nerves and things like that. And it's providing hemostasis in the area. And so then when I tumes the area and I really lift that lipoma, it's usually lipomas that we're dealing with in these cases, lifting it up, then I can actually make an incision and use my fingers, blunt objects instead of sharp objects to oftentimes just tease around this lipoma and pop it out. And it can be a very quick procedure and it looks very dramatic on television or on YouTube videos, on social media, but 
it can be quite amazing. And this is the person is awake. It can sometimes even take as little as five minutes to do a procedure and um, you're done, you know, and they don't have bleeding and very little to none, no bleeding. And you just put a compression bandage on it and off they go. And so this is an opportunity to do this in a, in a much less bloody and much safer and much more comfortable way. So it's one of those lipomas that's lar a 10 centimeter lipoma yeah. or something that's on, you know, on, the, on someone's side or on their back that a lot of dermatologists say, I don't want to mess with this. We have to get this over to your surgeon. Is It really becomes that simple to do? Yeah, under local I don't anesthesia. Mean, I don't mean to, right. to you know, no, to downplay it, meaning the word simple, but you have made it, you've simplified it in the sense that right. it's not going to be extremely difficult for right. the someone who has surgical skills to be able to do. And I just think that there's so many opportunities really to use this technique in, in different ways. Uh, it, it is really something that I use often now and I feel very fortunate to have learned it. So I feel, I, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what the specific training is in residencies, but they, they told us about it. Maybe we played around with it a little bit. We, that wasn't definitely part of the curriculum. And I think it should be. I think it's an important if everybody understands or has some knowledge about that, this technique, imagine the things that we can do. So how, do, how does somebody that doesn't know how to do it, that's in practice now for a while, learn how to do it? Where do they go to learn it? Well, they should probably, we'll have to give a lecture at fall or winter clinical and then we can <laughs> teach them how to do it. But I mean, it is something that you can watch my videos, you know, to learn it or you can go to do, go to Klein's course and learn uh, the tumescent technique. There's different ways. I think there's different courses out there, but I also did Klein, Klein's course during my residency. And um, I'd actually like to see, I haven't seen him since all this Dr. Pimple Popper has started and I would really like to personally thank him. So if you see him, let me let him know for me. Like I'd love to personally thank him for the thing, for the knowledge that he's given me, uh, you know, cause I think that that has really been very important in my professional life well i could tell that it uh, obviously has struck a chord because you're talking about it with a with a lot of enthusiasm well sandra this has been great i i think it's it's important for people to know that it's not just a matter of getting a lot of attention with the public and through social media and through television and just say, Hey, you're running, you're running down that celebrity status and you're not paying any attention to the fact that you're a dermatologist first. And I, I, I think it's, it's great that, you know, we're talking, you know, I'm, I, I really like that when you told me about that and I saw that in you and it's obviously very important, but the other side of it, you're a dermatologist, you're a surgeon. That's what you do the majority of the time. And right. to bring to light, you know, a procedure that really makes a big difference that I think a lot of us don't know or don't utilize is extremely important. So thanks a lot today. And hopefully we'll catch you another time to talk about, you know, something else. Right? Well, I, I have questions for you. We're going to have to switch places one of these days. I got to okay. ask you about well, your office and all your you know all the all the things that you like to do i see it behind you so in, the, in this little video <laughs> i don't know that anybody's going to want to listen to that that's for sure right I you maybe maybe they would but i'll take you up on that another time but thanks a lot we appreciate it and i'm sure i'll see you soon at an upcoming meeting yes thank you see you soon 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Derms and Conditions. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcasts at fred.health. And most importantly, if you like this episode, subscribe to the Derms and Conditions podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for joining us.